0: you're listening to everyday creative people i'm your host dina adrians and this podcast is for the doers dreamers and makers of the world for anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play struggles with creative blocks or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art i'm here to stumble through the madness by your side once you finish listening to today's show please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast leave a comment and tell a friend it will really help me out you can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ECPPodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Creative People. Uh, I am here today with my guest, Magella Mark, who is a native-born Connecticut resident uh, to immigrant parents who came to the US as artists from the Caribbean island of Grenada. Majelic graduated from UConn with a degree in media and society studies, focusing her individual major on the influence media has on cultures and vice versa. She also earned an MBA degree because she's super accomplished like that in international business, um, studying abroad in London at the European Business School of London. Majella is now an analytics professional in New York City, creating performance analysis and strategic planning for major television networks such as Spike TV, NBC, and ESPN for the tech company TiVo. And she's been doing all kinds of really cool stuff outside of her work as well. Uh, so Magella runs a blog about spirituality and her journey in the Baha'i faith called Baha'i Millennials. And through that, she's been running a film discussion series called Perception Theater, which encourages the notion of empathy through cinematography. Um, so we'll probably talk a little bit more about that in the conversation as well. So welcome Majella. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, I know you mentioned that your parents, your parents are artists. Um yeah. what kind of
1: art do your parents practice? So, my both my parents actually were in a band together. Mm, <laughs> so, that's cool. um yeah. So they both were in a band together. My dad um was like a drummer. And he's a da- was a dancer. He was with a dance company for quite some time and traveled. Um, mm. Europe and the Canada and the U.S. Um, and then he um, really focused a lot on drums, and my mom was a singer, and they actually toured in Europe. And then they came to New York, um, where my dad was an editor for a Jewish publication somehow. Um, <laughs> and my mom really focused a lot on just really um, doing a lot of her music and... Um, I kind of came along, and so they moved to Connecticut, and they kind of did their kind of side things. Where my dad really focused on writing and dance um, at the artist collective, um, teaching drums and dance classes, and my mom um, still did a lot of her kind of crafts and sculpture and. Hmm. Um, but. Uh, Unfortunately, that turned more of, like, a hobby <laughs> once more kids came along. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kids are challenging financially. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, things happen and you get, you know, less and less, you know, professional and more in uh, the more in the side gig, side, you know. Yeah. Turned into, turn into, like, a, a thing you do to, like, hmm. mentally stay sane.
0: Yeah. Well, but it's cool. I mean, it sounds like your parents, between the two of them um, have practiced and been involved with a variety of different art forms
1: themselves. Yeah, they really were, um, not only involved in so many different crafts, but were really involved politically as well. Um, and I don't know how true this is, but my dad was very involved in the movement in Grenada, um, the revolution in Grenada, especially, um, after the 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 bombing um uh that occurred and i believe in 1983 okay um and when reagan was in office hmm. and um, he definitely as he was actually traveling with his dancing company um this is um he actually stayed at um angela davis' home in california oh wow um yeah and was able to really get some guidance from her and um, he was really involved, um, but I guess, like, like I said before, once, once children kind of gets involved, you, you get, you kind of really, kind of start really, um, focusing or really kind of taking, take into consideration risk, um, <laughs> the risk factors, um, and yeah. it really start really, um really kind of like being more cautious and in this Mm -hmm. idea of like, okay now i have to really think about someone you know other than myself right um so then their kind of more activism or you know social justice um you know participation kind of turned more into kind of like a more minor roles um which um i'm really grateful for because i to, to really see my parents get involved and and the sense of really rooted in Black History Month at my school and, mm. you know, and sewing costumes, you mm-hmm. know, making like headdresses and, you know, little taishiki outfits for the, you know, the students. And it was really great to see them get so involved and, um, mm. and really embrace, you know, this idea of kind of doing whatever they can um, to really stay within the progression of you know, the movement for civil rights, um, not only for their own community, but for overall, the kind of broader sense of everyone.
0: Yeah. So, and you, um, you know, your sort of professional work, you're, you're working in television, but you're really on a very sort of business, um, you know, analysis end of things. I'm curious, uh, you know, coming from a family that is so deeply rooted in the arts, (laughs) uh, you know, were you sort of a little bit of a black sheep going down that route? Like how how did that, uh, (laughs) how how did
1: that journey happen? (laughs) So like, it's really funny. So my mom, she worked, like she did eventually work for the board of education Mm. and like, even like you could ask anybody and the Harvard Board of Education like she's done so much for the students um like she she was amazing she we've had i remember like our basement like our in our house growing up she has like rooms built out with twin beds and we have a bum bed in one room and a common room and like kids who got kicked out of their home or mm. like they like didn't have a place to stay like high school kids they will stay in our basement wow. like she provided a home for them um so it wasn't like, you know, like she didn't like still get involved and still felt a need to protect kids and she and even like you like our basement, you see like murals on our walls of like she just had kids like draw on like and paint on our walls. That's so like, cool. still there. <laughs> yeah. And um and but she also knew that, you know, we had to have some type of like especially in the United States. She knew that we, we, financially, we had to be secure. Um, mm. We need to have some type of structure. And the arts was not the most substantial thing for us to really right. um, be able to take care of ourselves, unfortunately. Um, and for her being an immigrant coming to the United States, that's what she, she picked up on. She picked yeah. up on, oh, okay, what was the jobs that was, you know, seen as, you know, sustainable? And she's like, doctor, lawyer, you know, engineer, like, and everyone jokes, like, you know, a lot of immigrant parents, you know, they joke like, what do you, what do you want your children to be? Doctor, lawyer, engineer. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, so like, and so that's what she knows. Oh. Um, so that's what really happens is so that's what they usually kind of instill in the children. Like, I need to make sure you are okay. So mm-hmm. this is where I need to make, you know, need to push you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like she said, like, okay, you cannot be creative, because she does encourage you to be in the acting programs and to, of course, draw on the walls and, mm-hmm. and to build things, but you know, whatever, to like have like wood all over the backyard and all the kids in the neighborhood we would just start building stuff with wood in our backyard, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, she wanted to meet in the Science and Math Academy and my mm-hmm. brother and his, you know, Academy uh, and, and, you know, Avon um, Science Academy because she knew that, you know, that was a path that would, you know, somewhat, I guess, give us a more secure future. Right. Right. So the the, the message and the
0: understanding was the arts are not a sustainable future. They will sustain yeah. you, uh, I don't know, perhaps mentally, emotionally, but not financially. Exactly. Did you feel at all pushed into doing
1: uh, more practical work? Yeah, like, I think my dad, not so much, like, even to this day. Like, he's hes 60, and he's like, well, uh, you know, my dad's 60. He has a studio. He does his drawings and his stuff, and he's like, you know, he's fine. Like, he's a very simple guy, you know, still makes his tea with his little orange peels and, <laughs> like, smokes his pot and, like, walks in the park and, like, rides his bike. And, you know, like, he's simple. Like, and he's like, you don't need to work for the man. You need to just, you know... Live your life and create and be fine. Whereas my mom is like, no, you need a 401k. Like <laughs> I need to make sure, you know, you know I, need, I need to make yeah. sure you have insurance. Right. Something happens, <laughs> I need to make sure you're okay. Um. So my mom was very like, you know, <laughs> adamant <laughs> that we have some type of security because she wanted to make sure we were okay. Um, hmm. And so that was just like, you know, it was very, it was very interesting. How <laughs> the two parents just like, it was the complete opposite. Like, they were, they both came into the U.S., like, very similar. And then as they grew older, they kind of, like, went in a completely different, you know, direction.
0: Hmm. So what made you decide to pursue the career path that you chose?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I did start off, like, in the creative field in a sense. Like, I did do a lot of video editing and video production work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I end up... I was working with cameras at ESPN at one point in time. And then um, Hmm. I wanted, like, I was looking like, okay, well, I guess Connecticut's cool, but I really wanted to, like, move. Um, And I thought, well, (laughs) New York is not, like, too far. (laughs) like, you know, I wanted to leave (laughs) Connecticut. I guess Um, Connecticut's cool, but. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, it's time to go, Um, pretty much. So um, (laughs) so I was like, all right, um, I'm going to, like, try to figure out how to get to New York. And somehow someone was crazy enough to hire me uh, at the Weather Channel, and um, so I end up in the research and uh, pricing and inventory department um, as an assistant, and also like working front the desk. And I was like, okay, I know nothing about this. Um, I worked cameras, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and then. But I mean, I figured it out, and then I end up like going to grad school, and then I mean, eventually I end up. This, and, you know, being where I am, I'm like, all right, you know what? This makes sense to me. Um, I mean, even in undergrad, the reason why I focused on media and society studies, it was, it was an individual major. Um, I knew I liked communications, even though I, I originally was a uh, art history major. Um, mm. That's what I wanted to do. My mother was like, you know, what are you going to do with that? I was like, I going to work in a museum. And she's like, oh, my gosh. like, <laughs> She was very nervous. She's like, um... Like, what, like, what, like uh, what kind of job can you get with an art history major? It um, mm-hmm. made it very nervous. So our compromise, she wanted me to go to business school. Um, our compromise was communications. And then I ended up just making up my own major anyway. Because I was really curious about this idea of how does the media um, influence culture and society structure and vice versa. Um, but there wasn't really a major specifically. Um, for that um, so I really had to create my own curriculum um, where like kind of putting communication classes and sociology classes mm-hmm. and anthropology classes together and really like going in front of board and I had like a nervous breakdown like in front of them like this long table and then someone gave me like a Jolly Rancher I remember that and like <laughs> told me like calm down <laughs> I was in a version like anxiety attack and then like finally as I'm like sucking on the like Jolly Rancher like I explained like what my major was And they were like, all right, though, that makes sense. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, can I do my major? Like, yeah, you can do the major. I'm like, all right, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) So you basically, so you
0: combined communications with sociology and anthropology to create your own sort of thing.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and so, and that's pretty much what I'm doing today is just this idea of how do like a show, (laughs) like influence, you know, our day-to-day life um but more specifically in the advertising sense um like you know you, you see a whole bunch of billboards i mean especially living in new york city you see billboards all over the place like you know if you go into times square you're constantly influenced by just all these flashing lights and it's like okay like are these flashing lights is it going to convince you to watch a film is it going to convince you mm-hmm. to look at one show versus another it probably could probably not you know the social media is if you see it enough times on you know in instagram is it going to convince you um you know when you see like certain like you know if you see a certain show and you see females being empowered you know does that you know encourage you to be empowered or Mm -hmm. if you see you know how do you convince women to watch a show um is it going to be showing women um, you know showcasing women you know who are you know experiencing domestic violence or is it showing women empowered you know and how how do you convince you know networks that oh you know if you <laughs> show women empowered, then you will get you know the actual oh, eyes yeah. to actually watch the show <laughs> versus you know just sexualizing them or objectifying them you know maybe you're not going to get women to watch that you know Mm-mm. Throwing like a guy with six pack is not actually gonna get someone to watch the show. No, maybe you should actually show some like really mm. positive, you know, content, and so, get women to watch the show.
0: So, in the work that you're doing, do you like what kind of influence do you have to be able to um, sort of push the creators of the show to alter what they're doing?
1: Well, really, what I mean at the end of the day, like you can't really man- well, Have <laughs> I will hope not. Uh, you can't <laughs> manipulate numbers. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you can't manipulate numbers. It is what it is. So, you showcase. Like, look, you you have a show that shows great content of people doing positive things on the show. You show in diversity, and you see. Okay, look it. You have a number of people, you know, this percentage of people are watching this show versus this show that's showing just a bunch of like, you know, less diverse, more violence or what have you, you know, less people are watching this show or you see, oh, you're have, you know, which have like more men. You know, but you're trying to get more women to watch the show because you can get the advertising dollars for these products. Mm-hmm. You know, because for some reason you need, you know, for that product for whatever reason, um, and you, you you can't get the dollars, but you're not willing to change the the content or at least bring about some kind of like complexity to your characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's there has to be yeah. some type of you know necessity to like. The emotions that you put into the people that you actually showcase on television, mm. like you can't keep on thinking that you could showcase people at, like, at these cardboard, you know, characters. Like, right? This is what you know, right. like a and a bimbo blonde is. This is what a drug dealer <laughs> is. This is what you know, like the old spinster is. This is yeah. you know, it's like, but like the old. This is Uncle Larry. Like you know, it's like it doesn't make any sense anymore. People want, you know, like substance. Right. How long have you been doing this work now? Oh geez, way too long. Um, no, uh, <laughs> no, I've been doing, uh, for years, I've been working in like, advertising and advertising research for maybe, geez, I've been working maybe 10 years now. I've been working in marketing wow. PR, advertising for 10 years now. Yeah.
0: So I'm um, curious yeah. cause I feel like in recent years I've seen a really big shift um, I mean, just in the past year, like in terms of the movies that are coming out that are doing really well at the box office, the TV shows, et cetera, there's yeah. been a huge boom in shows and movies representing diverse experiences and thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, um, what that has looked like from a data perspective, um, in terms of like, uh, it's, it's-
1: how how does that work from your end of things people are demanding it
0: Mm. and you
1: and and you know and and more so because people are now no longer waiting for big corporate Mm. networks to give them the money to create the content right that's great you're no longer worried about needing the budget to create content you could just go like you know what I'm going to go ahead and scrape out whatever little coins I have and just create something and just put it on YouTube and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. We see it all the time now. So now when you want like the, you know, the quirky, weird, you know, trans, half Asian, half black man who likes wearing stripes and polka dots, who has blue hair and (laughs) rides a bicycle (laughs) that's green, who works as a superhero office, you know, I don't know something, you know, weird, you know, like, you know, you know, you 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 can find your audience. You can find your audience. It's very, your audience is like, it's very niche now. Mm. Like you could create, you have a home for everybody. Everyone has their, their group. Everyone has, their community now you don't have to wait for any network to go ahead and say okay yes or no to the yeah. story you want to tell now and that's awesome yeah so now is is now you have like those big major you know you know movie studios and those networks saying like oh crap like how mm-hmm. do we miss selling this <laughs> you know it's, and it's great it's awesome because now you have like people they're, they're constantly missing out they're constantly missing out. They're constantly like, like five steps behind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're feeling uncool. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to hire all these people, <laughs> right? So now they finally figured out. Oh well, I guess we have to hire all these these cool, yeah. these cool like diverse people. You know, these <laughs> all these cool these these millennials and these like Gen Zs, right? <laughs> that want, that wants to wear like all these like sustainable clothing. And recycle things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that wants to actually like ride their bikes to work, like all these, you know, all these like, you know, that they want to bring they want to bring their their lunch to, want to bring their lunch to work in these sustainable containers, right? <laughs> you no, know, they you know, it's like, they have no choice but to hire us, right? <laughs> and then, and, you yeah, know, I they love have no that. choice now. That's <laughs>
0: awesome. No okay, so Majella, I, one of the things that I like to ask my guests um, in advance of the show is, you know, what are some titles that you would give yourself to kind of describe who you are and what you do? And I love the responses that you gave to me, which I'm just going to share right now. Uh You said you are a data storyteller, social justice creative, and a womanist. And I would love to hear from you. What do those three things mean to you?
1: Why did you use those titles? Mm. So um I said data storyteller cuz my boss Cheryl Cooper she's like this awesome woman who hired me. <laughs> like <laughs> she took a ch- like she took a chance on me cuz like I was working in like I was working in um like i worked like for like 2 years. Like yeah, I had like a 2 year stint before I got here at Tivo. Um um working in finance and she like hired me cuz I guess she thought I was like weird and like smart enough to work here and she was like yeah like I I guess she thought I was weird and smart enough to work here (laughs)
0: yeah
1: she's like she's like you have all these weird skill sets like I was like yeah I need um yeah and she's and she's like yeah she's like you seem to be all into this woman's march and all this other stuff yeah you work for me um so yeah so she's like yeah you're a data storyteller you have to just put that in your head you're a data storyteller i well, like yeah so i'm gonna work with that it's like that's what it is I'm, i use numbers to tell a story i use mm-hmm. numbers to let my client i guess i'll say um let them know what is it that people want right mm-hmm. let them know exactly what people at home who are watching tv want to watch right okay and it's a story right that's the story mm-hmm. i'm trying to tell them um yeah. as far as a social justice creative um the reason why i say that is because really a lot of the creative stuff i do is focused on that um when i do perception theater is is i focus primarily on films that i showcase to the public that is discussion based on issues on race on sexism on classism on whatever social justice issues
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and we have discussions about it um like the most recent like event i had was for international women's day where we had in kind of like a, a pussycat or a pussy plate painting party mm-hmm. where we actually and it was inspired by judy chicago's um, dinner table on uh, dinner party piece from 1974 um and yeah like and that was based off of let's discuss gender equality and paints and plates based off mm-hmm. of the female you know vulva You know, and and, and it was very interesting to see how even the men were so engaged. And it was not even like this idea of like, oh, look, I'm painting. (laughs) No, they they were just they they talked about like how their struggle with, you know, being able to express their Mm. sensitivity. Mm. and how this idea of you know constantly having to be macho and how nice it felt to have soothing music and candles and the smell of lavender and just painting and sipping tea and how like they don't usually have opportunities to do that Mm. and I'm like I'm great to create that type of environment for you yeah and as far as womanist like I mean I call myself a womanist still and even though like is even though we're getting we're we are progressing, but I call myself a womanist based off of this notion of Alice Walker, mm-hmm. um, who created the word womanism in like eighty three and is pretty much the the term for black feminists. And I know she had like I remember her amazing quote, like it was just the most amazing thing. I think she like how did she what's to say? I think it was like a womanist is like a woman is, is to feminist as purple it is to lavender. And Alice Walker, mind you, is mm. like she's the one who created the color purple. Right. Yeah, she wrote that. So it's like it's this idea of I know that we are moving forward to intersectional, like intersectionality, right? Right. But we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. Right. Yeah. And I, I still like I, I, I do know that we all have separate and we all have individual experiences mm-hmm. so I still consider myself as a black woman you know a womanist um, right. and, and right. so if I let me just make sure I understand this correctly mm-hmm. so
0: so uh, the idea of being a womanist um, is to honor sort of the the unique experience of Yes, specifically Black women, as opposed yes. to women in general, right? Yes. Um, and so, is if I if I understand it correctly, it's that you're, um people who claim the title of womanist uh, are seeking to highlight that that is a particular experience. Yes, um, that it's not necessarily being represented by the mainstream schools. Exactly. Right. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So how does that play into your, um, practice, your, your creative
1: practice? Um, which one? Luminism. Yeah. Like I think in every, like in every aspect, I try to bring about not only this idea of civil rights, but also gender rights. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I am very conscious of that because I know i um, speaking to different mentors and speaking to elders um for for many years it, a lot of times when when they speak about their own experiences they had to make a choice they had mm-hmm. to make a choice i have family members who were in the black panthers i have family members who were in the revolution in grenada and trinidad they they had to make a choice they were either for like the 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 black movement or they were nothing at all because it was just like the it, the idea of being like in the women's movement meant that they had they were against their black men Mm. and that was that was a challenge that they you know they just couldn't can you explain me can you explain
0: that a little bit more but that by being in the women's movement they were against their black men
1: because it was this idea of even though before before you are a woman you are seen as black Mm -hmm. so that was the challenge so if you are to march with I mean, and, and and this is the best example. And I use this especially when I was I was working with um, different grassroots for women's in coordination of um, various you know things leading up to the women's march. Um, okay. This idea of yes, understandable, you want to get equal pay to men, but you have to understand we're used to trying to fight for a dollar. When you yeah. still get seventy four cents, black women sixty eight cents. We still trying to just reach up to seventy four cents, right? You know, you know what I mean, right? So, so before we before we we're a woman, we're still black. So back then, they they had no choice. It, it's this idea that they knew that if they marched with their white sisters. They had to look back at their black men and knew that there was a, a good chance that those same white sisters could point back at their black men and say, like, look at them. They're the enemy. Mm. Mm. And then they And, they, they re- and, and that could have just tore the whole black community, community apart. OK. Mm. So so th- nowadays, being in 2018, I'm very conscious and many black women are very conscious that, yes, we identify as either black feminists. So I know like even I mean, many individuals identify as Black feminists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, many identify as women. Yeah, because like I said before, intersectional intersectionality <laughs> is you know something that we are approvable on. Um, but it's a conscious effort to say like, okay, you know what? We have to focus on both simultaneously. Right. right. You know, as a parallel. Yeah. Um, and so as far as creativity when i do my creative projects when i do my workshops um when i'm involving not only you know men into the conversation of gender equality i'm also trying to involve, okay yes let's also involve this com you know race in the conversation right and how, and what did that you know come into play how does that look like yeah um so then I mean, if we're going to be uncomfortable, let's, let's really, let's let's really be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And so as I see as a, as a, a necessity, we have to really, we have to really start being uncomfortable. We have to really start being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. We have to really start doing that. Um, yeah. It's necessary. We definitely do. Yeah. Cool. So
0: thank you so much for, for diving into that. I think that uh, that's a, it's a really important topic and we, uh, I don't always get the the opportunity to dive into a little bit more of the social justice aspect of things in this podcast. So I I love it. I love having the opportunity to do that. And
1: I know like just, just, and just to say like, it's not like, there's no one's pointing fingers at anyone. I know there was an amazing quote that one, I mean, one of the co-chairs of the women's March and she was amazing, Bob Bland. And I remember meeting her when she was doing her fashion thing. And she said, "Um, we can't be activists and organizers only to like, the areas of our own self-interest. And we have, we have to see it that way. Right. Like if, if it's just your problem, like you, is this that defeated purpose? Like the oneness of humanity is something that we really have to instill not only in our minds, in our hearts, mm. is in our souls, is it better in our souls? Yeah. Like we have to really understand the absolute connectiveness mm-hmm. of all of us. Mm. I love that. Thank
0: you. So, so can you, um, Before we wrap up, is there any sort of last things that you want to share in terms of um, what you've been doing with Baha'i Millennials, um, with uh, Perception
1: Theater, with other creative projects that you've been doing? So, um, so with Perception Theater, I've been just continually, I've been just continuously um, doing monthly um, films. Mm -hmm. And usually I do them at the end of the month on Wednesdays. And, and that's in New York. Uh, that's in New everybody York at the who behind who center. To, uh, yeah. Stuff, wants to come. Yeah. And it's just open to the public. So once a month on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. usually the last Wednesday of the month. And the if, people
0: wanna, if people want to, if people want to know what's happening yeah. or what's coming up, where do they usually, get that information? Um,
1: so on, usually I get that. Inf- usually I post it up on my Instagram on behind millennials.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also on um, Facebook. um on um, perception Be- um, theater on facebook okay. and also the blog like i really just post like my journey like we just like literally on our fa- last day of fast so um of course i'm doing this <laughs> i'm doing this interview on the last day of fast um so excuse me i'm, j- I'm jumbling my word um, <laughs> And you've been fasting for <laughs> 19 days, yeah. sunrise to sunset. So your brain the yes. fun. And we're just right in the cusp of the, the last hour. Like we're on the home stretch now. Yes. Um and so um we're doing that. And uh yeah, so I just, you just I'm still like just posting my journey. Yeah, really just my experiences. I'm still learning. I've been a Baha'i now for like three years, three, four years. Mm-hmm. I cannot call myself a new Baha'i. <laughs> uh, i've been told that now i was like you're not a new Baha'i. um yeah maybe even but like it's long- a lifelong journey yeah and it's a <laughs> lifelong journey then i'm still learning so many new things like yeah. i get shocked like when i learn new thing. like what like you know it's just and i just like write about it. like look at this new cool thing i learned <laughs> like you know um awesome. and then it's like and i do a lot of, like i know 50 50 days coming up which is um with tiffany sloan She's a filmmaker, and um, she, 50/50 like, day. yeah. So, fifty fifty day is this like day is on April twenty sixth, where like it's going to be at the Bahai Center, and it's focused on gender equality again. Um, and it really is just this nice, chill day. It's going to be open mic, and it's just like we're going to have like some poetry and just like have a discussion about gender equality. Show like the film um like again have some food so both men women everything in between is invited just have a good old time of just really just discussing the same issues like Mm. and again just come with your truth come with your whole self let's just get into the nitty-gritty of our like our issues and really talk about it we really need to talk about it
0: Mm. i love that and i love that you're I love how you're using different uh, pieces
1: of art as sort of a jumping off point for that. Yeah, let's and try. I try to. I mean, if, and I try not to do like art and like I'm gonna just do this piece by myself and then showcase it. I try to get people involved. Like let's do like one large piece together hmm. and just have people like draw on one large campus together, like ca- campus together, right? Hmm. Or let's just all collectively like make something together on a table, answer some questions, have a discussion in an intimate setting. Yeah. You're all strangers, but at the end of the, the, end of the night, I hope that at least a couple of you will leave as friends.
0: Yeah. You yes. Know? Building community through art. Yes. <laughs> right? That's amazing. Um, well, thanks so much, Magella. It. It's been really great having you on the show. I've been so uh, chatting. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to everyday creative people if you enjoyed today's show please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast leave a comment and tell a friend drop me a note on facebook at dina adriance coaching and join the community over in the creative playground facebook group i'd love to hear from you See you again next Monday, same bat time, same bat channel.